0: My coffee cup I said thank you thank you what if I looked at the day and the hours ahead and before I move forward I bowed my head and said thank you oh I said thank you what if I looked at my life in a different way took a little more time to stop and pray I know it would change all the moments in between so here I
1: Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the show. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am an energy therapist and certified sound therapist. I have a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do each and every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it. We'll do our best to get your question on air and as an alternative for those of you who are on the go and you simply cannot continue to listen online just call us directly by dialing 347 three four seven two zero two zero two two seven that way you can listen via phone and please be sure to use your bluetooth if you are driving about you know a few weeks ago we enjoyed an evening with Sandra sneed author of what to do when you're dead and we are so very fortunate because tonight she is joining us yet again for another terrific discussion Sandra is a recovering atheist. She met God in the basement of a rental house in Secaucus, New Jersey, and a voice from the eons wrote a message in her journal. Unemployed? It is my assertion you are employed by me. This moment marked the first day of her year in solitude in 2004, during which she produced 10 spiral notebooks in dialogue with the creator of the universe. And she's kept these notebooks in secret for eight years until now, one writing session produced a 20-page narrative about the Adam and the Eve, and this hour of dictation reveals a message that's so uncanny, it solves a 4,000-year-old riddle as to why Eve was made from Adam's rib. And Sondra says it's the first recorded use of adult stem cells, and the metaphor is not about Eve being Adam's helpmate, but instead Eve is God's helpmate. This is our topic for this evening, so welcome back, Sandra. I can't thank you enough for coming back on the show. How are you being this evening?
2: I am being very good tonight. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am
1: great, thank you. This is wonderful. You know, it it was only, I guess, 10 pages in your book or 20 pages in your book, and yet when I printed it out, it was really only about five or six pages because of the way that it was transcribed. It's very interesting, but it's chock full of information, so it's very exciting that you're here again and it's a very interesting narrative, and I don't even know, so I'm just going to start with you telling us, how did this paper come about? Did you ask about Eve, or did it just happen that the creative mind of the universe opted to provide you with this tidbit of information?
2: You know, that's a really good question, and I've never, I've never really tried to recount where this came from. It was one night i was sitting out i was living in new jersey at the time and i was sitting outside under a tiki torch it was it was uh about twilight and i i may have just asked the question i'm not sure but the but back then during that year of solitude god would usually title a page which would then begin my my listening to ready me for um, a period of taking dictation. And this just didn't end. It just kept coming and coming and coming. And the heading on the page that evening was Relief to see her arrive, the lost symbol of the Adam and the Eve. And it it, it must have been, I don't know, time disappears really in, in, is of no essence, but I know it took a really long time to describe this information i keep saying that it was over an hour of dictation but it ultimately is only about eight typed pages um when it's when it's all said and done but it is a very dense narrative for uh, a, a time in the history of humankind when you know we think we know what it's all about but this this of course this narrative changes everything i think Well, you know, in the scriptures, the story of
1: Adam and Eve, and we kind of know this story. So I was wondering why he wanted to give it to you to write again.
2: Well, what, what God tells me is that what we read in what is the modern Bible is not what the Genesis that God gave to a God scribe like myself tens of thousands of years ago what's in the Bible is what was finally, you know, part of the recorded history of what had been passed down through oral tradition for tens of thousands of years. And that's why there are remnants of the story of Adam and Eve all throughout cultures all over the world. And when it was finally written down, though, two-thirds of the Earth's population or I'm sorry, two-thirds of the population of the world of that time in the time of the biblical era were slaves. So you can't tell slaves that they were born free, which is what this story is really all about, the moment mm-hmm. when Adam and Eve uh, began to think for themselves and then f- were, were free to, to, uh, to live. Um Away from the rule of their creator, and the you know so people who are slaves, you know the masters don't want them to know that, so of course they turned it into a story about this is what happens when you disobey the master and then eve's story mainly the reason God told me originally. Why this is important to get this story out that I've written is because it tells the story of Eve, which was completely removed from the recorded version because at that time women were so beaten down they couldn't imagine woman having been made with such a significant purpose, so they just mm, went, mm-hmm. they just eliminated it from the story
1: and they made her out to be you know, really not a very good person, <laughs> you know? Right. Because the snake, who we, we all know is Lucifer, heaven's fallen angel, was, according to the snake in your script, he told Eve that the creator sent him to her. And that's true. We knew that before. But that's that's not really true, and yet, in a way, it is.
2: Yes. So what's so interesting about um, this narrative, which is available, I should let people know where it's available, um, on my website at sandrasneed.com under the Downloads tab. You can get it for the Kindle or in a PDF, and it's only a buck. But the reason for the... um, I think I think if we could go first before we start talking about the snake, if we could just talk about the part of Eve and her having been created um from Adam's rib. Mhm, go ahead. So when so Adam was this androgynous being according to God in my story, Adam was this androgynous being that was Sent to the surface of the earth to take an accounting of all of the creatures and things that were erupting on the surface of the earth in, uh, from the core of creation, because there needed to be an accounting of, of what was erupting. And, but at a certain point, Adam became afraid because he noticed, he, she, it, noticed that there were no other creatures like the Adam he was the only one of his kind and and he noticed that nature's creatures consume each other and so in this fear of being consumed he began his heart began to race and panic worked through his body and he could no longer hear god talking to him because god had protected him from anything to go to go wrong through their uh, communication and relationship, but when mm-hmm. fear struck in the heart of Adam, the, those that communication turned into whispers, and then those whispers were were unintelligible, and he suddenly found himself alone, and that's when the chorus of the mind of God said, "It is not good that he be alone," and so they. Here's so I'd like to go to that part in the story where. Um, the mind of God is putting together the elements. Or, or at, Here's here's the point of, of when the mind of God began to take notice of this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Mighty One, and the Mighty One being God, engaged the counsel of the mind of creation. They decided there was an answer after all. Though we have made the singular being in our image, it cannot live in this world we have created without a mate to make of its own. We shall make her in his likeness and give her features like our own the atom does lack. We shall allow the atom to reproduce its own likeness infinitely as we have done our own. This is the only way that we may protect him from the ungratefulness that has befallen his mind. He must be allowed to maneuver the great creative power but will require the will of his own desire to do so. He must discover how he is the earth and how he is the likeness of me for he cannot see his own being in the earth from which he was born. A mighty sleep passed over the atom and the creator began the work of great mastery. It took from the cage that protected his heart and breast and shook the contents therein. This rib is the very soul of my protective ways. As it protects the heart, so shall she. As it protects the breath of life, so shall she. She will be uniquely designed to carry the brilliance of observation beyond my beloved Adam's articulate ways. She shall show him all that he is missing in his accounting of my creatures and their ways of being she shall show him that he is loved by every nature this earth has to offer she shall notice these ways that he does not and will give him the ability to rep- reproduce his own kind thereafter so then um so then god talks about how God looks at the sinuosity of the cat and the serpent to make her and then looks at the flowers to bring her sweetness and the thistle to torment her soul. And all of these things that we associate with woman and female, God clearly puts in this as these were purposeful because these were the things that the Adam admired in mm-hmm. the, the in the earth. So... Um, so then she is being made, and then she is laid in, laid to rest. Oh wait, no, I have to read this part. This part's so cool. Um, <laughs> <see>? <laughs> um, okay. So the one tore open the skin of fruits to bring sweetness, and added the thistle to torment him. So, it decided to make her tiger ways the gentleness of his wolf. As he is the great hunter with the eagle's eye, she would be the fierce protector as the falcon. As he has the fighting physique like the scorpion, she will have the silent patience of the spider. She will give him words for things he cannot articulate and teach him the nuance of his gentle ways. She will affirm his mighty brilliance through the nature of her own mastery. When the woman was completed in form, a seed was planted in her mind. Her destiny's purpose would be fulfilled someday, but first she was to know herself. She was to recognize the unique features of her creature ways and the ways of her form never ending. The counsel of creation spoke to her unconscious mind. You must notice the, what the man has neglected, and was left wanting in his nature to be as we are. Once these magical words were spoken, the creator being washed over her mind a blurring, so she'll not rush to seek this destiny before maturing. So she's laid into, this, into the tree of life, um, and she goes through this period of maturation before she meets the Adam, so I thought I'd better take a rest here because I'm kind of <laughs> questions at this point. Well, you know, I'm just thinking
1: it's really interesting because all of that is very true. I mean, when we think about what our role is in this world and how we relate to men, you know, yeah. we do have to teach them a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and show them things, you know. So it's right. really not, yeah, it's re- it was like, yeah, this is absolutely true. And we know, but we understand why, you know.
2: Right. So, the only thing yeah. false about the Adam and Eve story is the one that's in the Bible, right? You know, and the, and the interpretation of it. And what people don't understand is that the Hebrews, the ancient Hebrews, the rabbis, they did things like called the the midrash, where they would interpret scripture, and then they would turn that into um, you know aspects of the Bible that became an ancient part. I don't know if it's part of the Torah, the Talmud. What what part the Midrash is is, mm-hmm. but but it's also you know um, the interpretation and misinterpretation of of the entire story. Yes. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that gets that got passed down for thousands for four thousand years as well. The misinterpretation. So that's what got repeated over and over and over again. And
1: probably more misinterpreted with each repetition. Exactly. You know, I mean, because that that typically does happen. It's funny that you said that this is the first recorded use of adult stem cells. You know, we didn't know about stem cells years ago, so I I thought that was amusing because I never thought of it that way, but it is so true.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the rib is the the only regenerative bone in the body. It regenerates. um, It has regenerative cells so it can regrow. So these are um you know another another way of looking at the rib, why the rib? Initially symbolically to think about um why the rib from a from a symbolic way is because woman was made to protect that which was fouled became a foul when it was at when Adam was alone. So she was made to protect the heart of God because the, right. the the heart is the window through which God can see the world. And when that shut and closes down because of that f- fear that um, is caused by the heart, um, by uh, I'm sorry, the the ra- the window of the heart is closed because of the rapid pumping that fear causes. Then Um, if that's continuous, then you're completely, continuously blocking God out.
1: Right. There's a resistance that you're putting up. Yep, absolutely.
2: Right. So it's that sharing of love between man and woman um, in, in love that maintains the heart's openness, and and that's why there is that relationship that of male female man woman,
1: and and the and the sacredness of it, because right. it is it, it's it's a it's a communion of sacredness to source God whatever the God of your understanding is however you refer to, you know that the universe whatever it may be, um, so that that actually made complete sense and the metaphor is not about Eve being Adam's helpmate we were all told it was. This is to help because, Adam, you know?
2: Right, because that's that's um, how the symbol became misinterpreted. And mm-hmm. so many mystical symbols are misinterpreted in the Bible. Um, you know, ex- for the longest time before the women's movement, for the longest time this was interpreted as to why she was to obey Adam, right? Because she came out right. of Adam... So she is to obey Adam, or she, she was a uh, woman made to obey man, to be subservient to. Then as, as the women's movement began to change the image of woman, then the metaphor was reinterpreted to mean this is so that she would work side by side. You know, the rib mm-hmm. is on the side, so man-woman work side by side. But still, that isn't correct. The correct interpretation is so that she would... You have to think from a creator's perspective, not a human perspective. The creator makes, based in symbolism, the physiology is symbolic to... Okay, let me see if I can get this right. Form is symbolic to aspects of that which is the creator. So aspects of the creator are reproduced in form correct right so so that's why the rib you know in the way that that i don't want to repeat myself over and over again but that's why it means that she was made to protect the heart of god and right of
1: life no and that makes complete sense you know and it's funny that you can take this story which is very short and and i think we all learned it one way and it actually is much more convoluted than then we were told. It was so straightforward, you know, it, it, the way that I was told. It was, okay, Eve was right. made from Adam's rib because he needed a helper, you know, and they needed to populate the earth. Done. Done deal. End of story. There was no symbolism. There was no anything else. And we were told that Adam that Adam and Annie both were told not to eat either from the tree of knowledge or the tree of life. And yet... At-
2: but actually, it is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It is the, oh, the tree okay. of knowledge of good and evil, um, not the tree of knowledge. So it is to become, to know good and evil, because God is all good. There is no evil in the nature mm-hmm. of God. God is actually a word, a Saxon word from the word good, so so God, all that is God is good, but when you have knowledge of that which is God and that which is not God, then you can go deeper to understand that this is what give this is duality. This is the moment of duality. It's kind right. of it's it's also the moment of me not me. When when God makes. God's self in the form that is human because man is created in, in God's image. But man right. man is spirit. Human human is right. man of humus. With humus, combined with the humus, the, the the matter, material that is earth, human. So that's spirit and matter. Woman is Man with a womb, so spirit mm-hmm. that that can beget life. Right. Uh, um, okay, but I'm not in my place. <laughs> well, that's Okay, That's enough.
1: okay. I'm going to ask a question here about the snake.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question about the Let's snake. Let's get to that. Yeah.
1: Okay. The creator created everything, including the snake, and... Wanted Eve to be a discoverer, yes? Yes. Okay. So he, the creator, the snake said to Eve, I was sent here by the creator. And she, as she put it, was beguiled into discovering, and the creator was not upset about that at all. No. Okay. And yet they were banished and, from the garden, and they were... They were punished throughout all history. From that point on, man shall work hard, woman shall um, suffer the pains of childbirth because okay, of so that. So now
2: you're talking about the the, the,
1: the, you yeah, the, story in the, the yeah the biblical mm-hmm.
2: interpretation the biblical interpretation right
1: yeah because so, the creators did send the snake to tempt Eve right well
2: yes but there is no I do believe that, that. is. That, thats There's entrapment re- <laughs> <laughs> but but let 's look now from the creator's perspective so let's let 's make some robots and we program brand, program these robots to give us let 's call them artificial intelligence, and we what we want them to do is process data and information so um and gather all that information to report back to us what 's what's happening on the surface of Mars, okay?
1: Okay. Now, in
2: order for them to give us really good data, though, they have to be able to think for themselves. How will we know when these robots are thinking for themselves? What will happen in the course of their making that we've made them, and they they are making themselves as well. They know how to take care of themselves. They know how to feed themselves. They know how to um, fix their parts when things get broken. They know how to use the, the plants and the rocks and the things around them in order to fix themselves. So these robots, we've programmed them with all of the information they're going to need to survive. But in order for them to give us really good data, they have to think for themselves, how will we know they are thinking for themselves? What are they going to do? Only, only. Well, they have to be tested. But what, what is in that test? What are they going to do where we can go, hooray, hooray, we've done it. They're thinking for themselves. We can now gather amazing data from our co-creators. Oh, our co-robots, our co-intelligence. Mm-hmm. What would they do?
1: Well, you would have to give them something that was not within their their uh, programmed software, if you will. Right. So you give them that, and then they go out of bounds and do it. And even though, and see, it's, it's hard because your script is different from the story. <laughs> so I'm going back and forth. It's hard to keep them straight.
2: So not I understand. Really. No, not, not really, because what you're doing is just reinterpreting some of the facts that you're given in the old biblical uh, version, but you're interpreting them the way that a creator would think, not the way a master who is uh, overlord over slaves think. Okay, so a master that is overlord to slaves thinks, This is what happens when you disobey the master. A creator who is creating co-creative beings to give um, good quality data about the creations on the surface of the earth is going to think, if these beings disobey, we tell them, don't do that. And if they do that, we know they are thinking on their own.
1: Yes, yes. Now, it's a science a ma- experiment. Uh, sorry. It's a it's science a, experiment. It's an exact statement,
2: right? Exactly. But if we if we um, are masters, and what would in when you're in a feudal um, society where everything you do as a peasant depends on your role as a slave and and the favor of the master to you and your your livelihood depends on that on on your serving that master you're being fed sheltered, and being taken care of is dependent upon your relationship with that master. What would the worst thing be for you punishment? What means death right mhm it means banishment from the society mm-hmm. if you are thrown pa- thrown out of the uh, the bounds of that society, there is no one to care for you. There is no one to feed you. No one to, uh, you are out in the desert. Right. To, to work on your own, by your own brow, because there's, no, there's, there's nobody to take care of you. Do you see that? Can you, can you yeah. see? Yeah, no, I do. The, that, that is how, how a governing body, that is in charge of how things are written down and disseminated to the populace, would edit an ancient God-scribed story when the, the technology of language comes into play?
1: Well, it's also control, power, ego
2: it's it's all control, it's government yeah. it's government yeah. government it th- th- back then religion was government, government was mm-hmm. their religion was the religion right. the priests and the uh you know the pharaohs and um, they were they were divine uh divine beings, so said, so they said right.
1: so said mhm
2: so of course
1: yeah, the
2: documents Right, so 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 of course the documents that come from these high places are going to be interpreted by this myth and reinterpreted by this myth and then redistributed telling it that way. So we've had okay, 4000 years of messed up programming mm-hmm. in our in our social um Mind share from from religion, and we haven't even gotten and, to the snake.
1: And and given <laughs> and given the fact that given the fact that we are in a time where we're shifting from the masculine to the feminine, do you think that that had anything to do with why this was dictated to you at this time? And I know it was a while ago, yes. but of course the creator knew it was going to be held yes. for for a time.
2: Absolutely, it did have everything to do with it. It had everything to do with recapturing the feminine into the ideas of what the nature of God is. We keep saying he, God, he, God Mm -hmm. the Father. That is so ingrained even in people who believe that God is real. They have a hard time not saying he. Right. They have a hard time not saying he, she. When if you just use the word God to be the noun and pronoun and use other words like source or infinite being, the great teacher, the great spirit, you know, where you don't give it any kind of gender, you can start to widen the idea of a genderless God that encompasses everlasting life-giving qualities without male-female parts. Because it's all spirit.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly. But people, we do, and I think I was told the reason why we say he is just because it's, you know, easier. It wasn't that. It was actually a him or her. No one really knew. It was just he in the way that, you know, almost the way that you refer to just mankind. Mankind is womankind as well.
2: Right. And, and. That's true. The problem is that we call males man, and we right. we think there is something separate about females, male female. We think there's something separate about those two things. I don't think. I, I mean, maybe it has just been some kind of semantics that that um, they've given God. But I've always heard God in a masculine way. He, yeah. you know, God the Father. They don't say God the Father Mother. Right. Except for right. Christian science says it, I think there are probably some other sects of Christianity that probably say mother father god.
1: Mhm. That's very true. They do say God the Father. So, but you know, when we it, it, at first to appease people, they would just say, well, it's just he because it's, you know, all encompassing.
2: Right. And we can't. But think then, when of any they say God
1: doing it, right, right, yeah, and 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 to say God the Father, it's like, well, now that's less encompassing, isn't it? That's really a directive here. That's that's pretty exactly. much defines what it is. So you know, all right. So we're we're going through the time quickly here. So I do want to get to the snake. So go ahead and tell us about the snake. Okay.
2: <laughs> all right. So why why a snake? And um, so let, let's get to that part. So, one day when Eve, when the Eve was resting in the branches of a tree whose fruit she knew not, a great snake climbed to greet her. This great snake was charming in its way. Its manner seemed to will itself about. She noticed how it would walk without legs and climb without claws. She saw it swim without fins and sail on the sand like a fish in the waters. As she admired it so, she felt a mighty hunger grow for the things of which she knew not. How did you find me here, she asked, and the creature opened its jaws. Looking deep within its nature, it gestured to her mind the realm of plenty. The eve shook with sudden awareness that destiny was in its creature's way, creature ways, for she saw its features had organs of mystery and stillness and awe came over her mind. I am the greatest of all the creatures because of my singular nature and design. All that is within me is one organ, my sight, my sense, my being, and my tongue. My job in the garden is to protect your food from the pests that dwell below. For if they were allowed to eat their fill, you and the Adam would have none. I have been sent to give you a passage to the world you will make your own. I am to tell you of your destiny, that you have yet to be shown. This tree of which you have made your rest bears fruit you have not eaten. I wondered if you knew why you have left it alone, said the great snake. It was the work of this mighty man I have been given, the Adam, he did make it. He made this tree just for me, so that I had a place to dwell in his kingdom that he had created, the Eve replied. But if this is his kingdom, then where is your creator, the snake said. The kingdom of the creator has been destroyed by my Adam because he was instructed to do so, she said. If this destruction occurred as you say, then why does this tree exist in the garden?" the snake said. "It has been given a name by our creator because it contains the knowledge of that which we know not," she said. "What is the knowledge that you know not?" the snake said. "That we shall pass," she said. "How shall she pass? How shall you pass?" the snake said. Our bodies will return to the earth, and we shall pass from the garden, Eve said. But how do you know what you say you know not, the snake said. Because my Adam said so. He forgave bids me to eat of the fruit because he was forbidden, Eve said. Isn't that like a man telling us what to yeah. do? You know, what, <laughs> if I can't but do my, it, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But my dear, you have come to this Adam to fulfill a destiny and purpose. Your destiny is in this tree. You cannot make use of your purpose until you have eaten from it. And if you do not fulfill your purpose, you shall pass "'Just the same,' the snake said. "'But how do you know such a thing, fine snake? "'How do you know such a thing?' "'Eve said. "'I was sent to tell of this. "'I was sent to give you notice "'that you are the one who is instructed "'to turn this kingdom into dust "'and return the living earth "'to your creator's hands,' the snake said. "'But why is it so I should be the one to fulfill this?' "'Eve said.' Because the Adam has forgotten what has made him, he has destroyed the many wonders in his mind, and his heart is losing patience with the mighty one's work. The closest thing he is has the closest thing to his God he has now is you, and this is only the first part of what is to be done. The snake said, but how do you know such things? How can I trust you? Eve said. How would i know indeed if it was not i who was sent to tell you who do you know that can how do you know that you can trust the stars in the sky at night you trust because they are there and tell you over and over how to navigate the waters and the land and how to return to your nest i am the very being who will delight you i am the being who inspired your creator to design you the wisdom of my nature, the way I move with silent purpose. Have you not seen with your own eyes we are alike? The snake said. Well, I won't go on with that. I'm going to leave that up to the reader to enjoy this moment of when Eve actually takes from the fruit. But I just want to give a couple of thoughts about the real symbolism of a snake in the garden, and, and, God, and God mentions it when the snake talks about a snake's purpose in the garden is to eat the rodents that would eat all the food right? if, if they were just left to reproduce and eat their fill. So the snakes are there for a very important reason in the garden. And then also the snake represents singularity. Singularity is the nature of God. God is singular, is, is the single cell. God is also in spirit of no form. When, there is, when God is no form, as no form is formless in the void, the sensing of a snake that senses about with its tongue, tasting, it's, it's actually bringing molecules The 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 tongue is this bifurcated tongue that is the positive and negative, the positive and negative electrical um, uh, probes. That when when molecular substance is placed between these two probes, it's sent throughout the entire body of this of the snake because its organs are all one organ. It doesn't mm-hmm. have separate organs; it's all one organ. Even the it's body that moves about is all one muscle. So, um, uh, so that's why it's such an. It has so many ancient symbols, symbolism. The great snake. Have you ever heard of the cosmic serpent, in the mm-hmm. Amazonian Indians? Yes. Okay. So, so this great snake. If you really start to research the cosmic serpent, you'll see how important the symbolism is in the nature of God. The snake moves about sensing. It is the blind sensing of spirit that begins to create form around it as it begins to Picked what it is sensing in in spirit, so it makes what, it makes form come to life with the urge of life that began first as the great snake sent through its own being to determine what it is. Singular thought is highly significant in the creative forces of all beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing evil about it. However, if you look at the origin of the word evil, it is in the etymology a Germanic word, Ubel, that means up from under. Up from under. Can also be translated when spirit is all that is, and when something is not. So, so God separated from uh, uh, light from dark. That's also in mm-hmm. the story of Genesis. Right. He separated light and dark, and all that was light was was good, and all that was good was God. Um, all that God saw was God. God saw God's self. Mm -hmm. Well, God had to have some kind of sensing... uh, Give me the word God. Sensing organism to move throughout God's nature in order to surmise what God is. So this, this sensing being is this cosmic serpent which is a symbol of the nature of god but in the body of form. Mhm. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. So so yeah. it is not the devil. <laughs> it is not no. Horn devil to right. To that's Eve the
1: representation. That's the representation we were all
2: taught that it was. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. right and it's an over,
2: oversimplification of the entire story and that oversimplification occurs when the logical mind or the thinking brain tries to make sense of the immortal mind or the im the the everlasting being it's like trying to squeeze the ocean into the into a cup is the same as trying to squeeze the nature of all that is into this brain of ours. So we have to right. separate from the thinking brain, stop depending on logic and start looking into the greater mind for the answers to these amazing mystical symbols that, where remnants are left for us in the Bible. But thankfully there are people like me, I was going to say, yes, to thank
1: God we have God-scribes in order to interpret all of this for all of us so that we don't have to do it on our own because we would never be able to. <laughs> now, no, this was, this was a 20-page script that was dictated to you on this particular topic. Are there more scripts on other topics that have been dictated to you?
2: Oh, yes. Um, uh, and
1: are you being told to publicly release the other
2: scripts at this time? Not the other ones. Now, uh, yet. In the first in my first book which you read What to Do When You're Dead, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of it. In the second mm-hmm. book that's already written, there's more of it mm-hmm. in that one. Okay. Um and and the third book, uh the the real story of the Garden of Eden is um that is not finished yet, but that is going to have a lot more of this. Everything we're talking about right now will be in that book these are so you know, really it, picking it, apart these symbols.
1: So the the books are being written as they need to be written for release, not necessarily in order that you took dictation, but in the way that the Creator wants them to be put out there to the public.
2: Right. God wants me to be first out there, um, you know, really accessible and you know, uh, the known as the person who who's is the bringing this stuff, right? Who's bringing mm-hmm. this stuff right. to the before it, it, the the stuff just gets thrown out into the public, and there's no one there to help. You know, interpret it and. You know, Because mm-hmm. somebody else is going to take hold of the in- information and do the same thing they did with with uh, right. stuff thousands of years ago and turn it into ridiculous nonsense.
1: So sure, I can to... see that coming down
2: the road. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I can't believe it, but once again, we are almost out of time, Sandra. But before we go, would you please tell everyone how they may learn more about you and all of the wonderful work that you are doing?
2: Yes. So I um, So please go to my website and that's, that's sondrasneed.com. That's S O N D R A S N E E D dot com. I am producing uh, the weekly Weisenheimer, which is just got it uh, today. Did you good. Yes, good. I did. And um that is sixty two different passages that um that are difficult in my book and then I use those um uh, as inspiration god then gives um an explanation of what these difficult passages mean in a longer uh, a longer email again they they themselves aren't that easy to digest either but you know um enlightenment takes study so um so you can sign up for that and you'll get a free download that is the five principles for quieting your mind and listening to your higher self on my website and uh mm-hmm. you can find me on Facebook at uh, forward/godscribe slash God um and you can also There's sign up so to have a There's so much information.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. You can have your yes, own personal
2: reading which and there are samples of of what those sound like on um the soul readings tab on my website. You can there mm-hmm. are some recordings there of of what my soul reading and is. And I'm
1: sure people can buy gift certificates since we're coming into the holiday season. I, mean, next oh, week I hadn't at thought Sonica. of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you hadn't thought of that. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, think of that, because, no, it's really <laughs> cool to get a soul reading. And people can, I'm sure if you emailed Sondra and said, I want to get this for my friend, she'd send you something that said, here you go, print this out and you have a gift certificate. Just the I absolutely though, will do
2: that.
1: <laughs> Great <laughs> well, idea. I very much. Yes, isn't it, Paul? I very much appreciate you coming back on the show, so thank you again for taking time to join us. It was again a pleasure having you here a uh nice wanna pleasure. On, Oh, Thank you. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T-Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday. Yes, there will be a show. I know it's the night before Thanksgiving, but there will be a show, and a live show at that. So be sure to write it in your calendar, and while you're stuffing your turkey and preparing all your sides, you can turn it on and listen to it. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. If you're not in the area or you can't make a concert, you can order my CD, Imagine, from the site as well. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at NRGAwareRadio. That's at NRGAwareRadio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. And if you can't be here next week, have a peaceful and relaxing Thanksgiving. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Thank you very much.